Hello and welcome to the J Train Podcast. That's right. Every Monday we answer your emails, we hear your stories, and we try and give some perspective. Um, if you're listening now, you're like, Jared, you sound a little bit mellow. Well, every now and again on the J Train Podcast, if you're new here, it's been a while since I've done one of these episodes. This is a dim the lights episode. Just you and Papa JT. I've done these every now and again, and it's always my concern that people think that these stink and they don't like them. And then I get a very positive response, but I love having the guests on and I love giving, you know, kind of going back and forth with someone. So we're going to do this this way. This is going to be this week is um, just you and Papa JT, you and the Wizard of Haas. And. If you like this episode, if you enjoy this one, you're like, wow, the lone one was was fun because I am, I'm going to answer these maybe a little bit different than I would with a guest. With a guest, I kind of like read through them and just go, 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 and we try to be as funny as possible with some insight or whatever, um, obviously taking the email seriously. But this will be a lot like uh, the Patreon episodes called One More Email. On Patreon, patreon.com slash Jared Freed. I do one more email every week that's a little longer and from Patreon subscribers. So if you like this, go sign up for Patreon. I'm doing three extra podcasts a week for $5 a month. Uh, patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Wednesdays is Luxury Lounge. I read every Luxury Lounge complaint from everyone that writes in over Patreon. And then I do one more email, which is a lot like what today is going to be. And then I also do, that's on Fridays. And then on Sundays, I do Coffee with J Train, which is more pop culture and um, personal stories, I would say. And I got a Topo Chico in front of me, the, the Twist of Lime flavor. I think this is the superior flavored um, seltzer. That has no calories. Now, now you have to. <laughs> we're a little off subject. Now, that has to be considered in the flavored soda, flavored seltzer discussion. Spindrift is not in the same category as Topo Chico. Don't do that. Those are two different animals. That's a whale and a shark. One's a mammal. One's a fish. So I got my topo um, here in front of me. I got emails. We're going to go through as many as we can get through in the time that we have. Um, if you uh, have an email you want to share with the podcast, I'm always looking for more screenshot emails. We, I'm not sure if we'll get to a screenshot email because there's no reason. There's going to be no video. So um, send it to jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. That's jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. I have plenty of luxury lounges. It's so funny to see people really get into the luxury lounge, but I want more dating relationship email so jtrainpodcast at gmail.com i'm also on the road again i never really left i'm on the road again this weekend i'm in washington dc if you're in the dc area assemble the group chat tickets are going to be going going and gone uh new york um i'm gonna be at gotham comedy club doing a headlining weekend we added a thursday show so that's happening. I'm going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, that is, um, that's September 20th through the 26th at the Comedy Cellar in Vegas in the Rio Hotel. Then I'm going to be in Austin, Texas. Uh, we added a couple shows there. 
Boston, Massachusetts. Very few tickets available there. Dallas, New Brunswick. And I just added today Perrysburg, Ohio, Funny Bone. That's in Toledo, Ohio. So if you're in the Toledo area, I'll be there November 5th and 6th. As well, did I say New Brunswick, New Jersey? That one too. So let's get into it. Podcast at gmail.com. Um, for the live shows, jaredfree.com. Just go to my website. Boyfriend doesn't want to get married. I, you know, and again, you're going to notice I go through these differently. This is how I go through them on one more email. When I read boyfriend doesn't want to get married, I'm like, well, that's not going to be your boyfriend anymore. You know, the, the email doesn't come unless you don't want to get married as well. Feather, feather, Jared. Recently started listening to your podcast and I couldn't stop. Uh, I enjoy your discussion with your guest. Well, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> not today, but you'll get, you're getting a full Papa JT Wizard of Haas experience, and find it's very helpful for my own relationship. My story is a bit complicated, so let's get uh, let's dig, dig into it. I'm 26. My boyfriend's 30. We met in middle school school, but he is actually a year behind me in school because he finished a master's program before that. Okay, we. We met in medical school, but he's a year behind you. Okay, but he's at, It's weird. She writes, we met in medical school, but he is actually a year behind me in school. So are you in school still or not? I would assume, well, I guess you're 26 if you were, you know, unless you're Doogie Hauser. We have been together for almost three years now. So you met when you were 23, he was 27. Everything is going well besides one part. He is not on the same page as I do on marriage. I just started residency this past July and we'll start uh, next. Uh, I just started residency this past July and he will start next July. Okay. Because he's a year behind. We have been uh, having discussions about getting married multiple times in the last year, and he just tells me he doesn't know where he is going to residency and he will have to reassess the situation at that point. Okay. Those are two different things. Let's remember that. That's not, she writes in the title, boyfriend doesn't want to get married. He's saying here, well, once I, get, once I figure out where residency is, then I'll reassess. She writes, this is very frustrating. I'm a planner and I always wanted to want a family and settle down. I understand his concern as he doesn't know where he is, uh, where he is, but people get engaged, married all the time. Uh, even they don't work at the same hospital. All the time, even if they don't work at the same hospital. I brought my concern saying if he has to reassess the situation, then I am, uh, then I am in a very uh, vulnerable position because I have to basically wait for his decision until we can get married. If he eventually works at a hospital far away, then decides this wouldn't work, uh, then we are basically wasting our time now by being together. He said that he is not young anymore. He wouldn't want to keep me dating me if he thinks we don't have a future together. He said he will try his best to match a program that is close to me. Another thing worth to mention, I am international, so I'm on visa. I don't have a green card slash citizen card. I won't go into too much about how everything works because of my status. My job opportunity here is very limited. I told him that there's a possibility that if I don't get a job after residency, then I'll have to go to my, con my back to my country. He tries to comfort me, but not even once mentioned about marrying me because before my residency is over, so I will have a green card and be here with him. See, this is where I kind of float towards his side. 
Of course, I am not marrying him for the green card. I don't, and I'm floating towards the side not because of that. I understand that that's a concern. Uh, of course, I'm not trying to marry him for the green card, and it never has been my intention. I'm not saying it is. I had to work my butt off to be where I am today. I'm sure you have. Uh, but if I can't stay here, then there is no us. I expressed my feeling, and he said he is a very sorry that he does, didn't consider that part. He's considered it. I don't think that's true, but he is not just not ready to get married until he starts his residency and see where he uh, where we are at. That means I have to wait at least another year before he can finally make a decision. And at that point, I have uh, considered breaking up, but still not sure if this is the right thing to do. Would like to hear your opinion. Poor no time to sleep resident. I think you, your boy. I, I mean, if I was in his position, I would feel a little to me, he's keeping the back door open. This isn't about marriage as much as it is how many things are going into this marriage. I mean, right now, you're looking for an agreement that is more than just love. And if I'm on his side of the aisle, I go, okay, I now am in a position where it's not just marrying someone, it's making sure they can get in the country and getting them residency. I, I don't know how this all works. So, you know, this all of this information is kind of above my pay grade as far as what this is, but I can tell you how I would feel and I would feel a lot of pressure. But on the other side of that, I think if he was truly like 100% gung-ho about this relationship, then that pressure wouldn't matter. He would say, of course, I need you here. So right now he's kind of saying, I don't, I'm not sure if I need you here. And to me, that's someone that likes you, but isn't sure about the future. And when you make it about, you know, my job opportunity is limited here. I told him that there's a possibility if I don't get the job after residency, then I'll have to go back to my country. Those become like threats a little bit. So I think it becomes so complicated when it, when it, when it's, you know, it's like, you know, my boyfriend says he doesn't want to marry me. Is not, my boyfriend, boyfriend doesn't want to get married. That's not the email. It's seven things that go in and the marriage is, I just, to me, it's about you and him and the relationship and love and all that stuff. But it, again, that, that even is even more vague and not really concrete and probably not what you're looking for. I don't know. If someone came to me and was like, are you looking to get married? And I was like, yes. And then they were like, well, I got to get on the clock because I got, you know, a, a, a green card situation that's coming up. I'd be like, ah, I would be a little bit hesitant to give any straight answers as well. And that's kind of what he's doing. He's avoiding answers because he doesn't want. It's just not, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of, I see his side. But I also see your side where it's like, if we're together, then what are we doing? You know, I, I, what are we doing if you can't even broach the subject? Like, you know, if it was just the residency, I, I, that's where I was all on your side. I, there's no side in this. I, I, keep, I, I hate to say side. But if it was just the residency, you know, I would say, oh, okay. Well, why, he, to me, that would be him saying keeping you here until he has an out, which is him going, well, you know, Ohio and and uh, Tennessee are two hard places to date from. We need to break up. That's what I would assume he was doing. But then when all the other elements kind of get pulled in, you go, 
okay, that decision has to be made today and I'm not there yet and now I'm dealing ah, it's very this is very difficult because I don't want I'm not going to tell you to break up with someone but I am going to say to you that if they were a thousand percent and this is the love of my life we are ready to go they would say well, don't we'll, we're going to figure it out and we'll get engaged you know in the I don't know you know ah. difficult <laughs> I just don't think bringing on the other stuff is a helpful way to get someone to talk about marriage. And I think it has to be about you and him more than the other contractual things that are also out there. With most of these things... It boils down to something very simple, but then seven other things make it more complicated. So in your situation, do you love me enough to move in with me? Like, are you guys, I don't know if you guys are moved in or not. You guys are in medical school, so I'm not sure. But it's, you know, do you love me enough to work through things? How far away would your residency have to be that make you rethink things about us? These are the questions. Like, why, as opposed to, Hey, in two months, I got to make sure I talk to, you know, the green card person to make sure I have someone that, you know, that would hold me back as well. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. It's a J-Train episode. That's right. Dim the lights. Keep sending older man. Jared, I'm interested to hear your take on this one. I'm 25 years old. I'm in a relationship with a man who is 20 years older than me. It started as a fun fling as I was about to leave the country for a while, and I was clear that I had zero plans of taking anything further with him. Yeah, He's like, oh, what? Of course. Fast forward almost three years. Here's, here we are still. Uh, he's very handsome, sweet, dedicated, and successful, and our communication and overall relationship are fantastic. We're also both ceramic artists and share a lot of common interests and goals. He wants to get married at some point. Okay, the catch is, of course, that he has four kids and a very unstable ex. Always something. Things, <laughs> things have calmed down considerably with the baby mama drama recently, but her constant shit-talking on me has his two older kids pretty hateful towards me. That's sad. I'm sorry. I mean, being far away from the situation, I you, none of this is surprising. You're 25, he's 45. He has four kids, and then there's an ex who sees you with him, and she might be having her own issues, finding someone new, and you're this 25-year-old. I mean, you've been together, you're 25, so you met when you were 22. How'd you guys even meet? They're getting older and less dependent on him, so that helps, but his youngest is only six, okay, and has a long way to go. Well, that is not how you want to be thinking about his kids. You don't want to be, uh, he's got a six-year-old, so we got a long way to go there. Like, now you sound like the evil stepmom. The middle one has severe autism, I'm sorry to hear that, and is in full custody of the mother. The little one loves me and we're pretty tight. Okay, but at the end of the day, I'm uh, I'm thrilled to go back home to my own space where I can just be a 25-year-old girl doing my own thing. Tough sentence there. 
That's the honest sentence. The little one loves me, and we're pretty tight. But at the end of the day, I'm thrilled to go back home to my own space where I can just be a 25-year-old girl doing my own thing. So where do we go from here? Eventually, I have to make the call to either commit to the man I love and attempt to be a part of his family unit in some capacity or split and do my own thing. That's a little bit black and white for me. Where does he come into that? Why doesn't he have to... Where is him in this decision? Where is him making this easier? It's something I've gone back and forth on a lot in nearly three years and have left him twice to run around other countries, which he has been very patient and cool about. Yeah, of course he's cool about it. I, I, to me, this is... I don't know. She writes thoughts. I have a few thoughts. Um, some might sound judgmental, which I don't mean them to be, but you're having your cake and eating it too a little bit. You get to run around the country, go other countries, go visit places. He's waiting here. You have consistency, reliability. He's like an old sedan. But it's weird that it's like all on you where he's like, take it or leave it. This is it. Like he, you know, he has other things going on. He's got kids. He's got a, he's got an ex that he's dealing with that you says is very unstable. Which that's you're, we're getting one side of the story. We don't know what stability they're at and how maybe you might be a trigger for them. That again, it's hard for me to trust that the same guy who has done nothing to you don't write it here, but I'm you're the same guy that. Just says, yeah, my ex is really unstable. <laughs> you know, is probably being as hands off with his ex about you. There's a hands on way to try and take care of things, and it doesn't seem like it's going on here. You know, and he wants to get married. I think the most important part of your email is the little one loves me and we're pretty tight, but at the end of the day, I'm thrilled to go home to my own space where I can just be a 25 year old girl doing my own thing. Here's the thing you met him at 22, okay? 20 years older than you. So he was 42 at the time. To me, you're 25 now. To me, I was not a fully grown adult at 22 years old, even though I thought I was. There were things to learn. There were, there was, uh, and I remember being, feeling so lost. Like even, and I make this joke about other people all the time, but it's really about myself. Like even opening a bill at 22, I felt like, what the fuck am I doing? Electric, it comes every month, what? I gotta find an accountant? Things like that. Doctor's appointment, I gotta make it on my own? You know, I and listen, right now that's a, <laughs> I'm, you know, I sound like a child. But that's, you know, but at 22, so when you meet someone who's 42, there are things about them, I don't think that you, it is my assumption that the connection is, a lot on built on dependence. This is someone with job stability, um, knows who they are, knows where they like to go. <clears throat> There's no split seas at dinner. Who's gonna pay? He is. He's 42. He has a, a pension. I think you know. To me, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but. It sounds like you want to still grow up. I want my own space where I can be a 25-year-old girl doing my own thing. Like, who are your friends? Who are you hanging out with? Like, what relationships are you forming? 
I don't know. It, it, there's a thing where it's like 22 is the age of like graduating college and trying to figure out who you are and what you are in this world, what you want to do. And there's just a lot more growth to go. And meeting a 42 year old to me is opting out of that growth. And I don't, I'm sure he's nice to you and it sounds like it's a great relationship, but you know, to me, I think there's, um, when you leave him twice to go run around other countries as you wrote and he's just patient I don't know. I don't know what you're ascending towards. And do you want kids yourself? Do you want your own family? You know, with a 42-year-old, I think, and I see this with my own life a little bit as being, I'm 36, like, it's, it almost becomes a plug-and-play situation, meaning like, oh, he has a space in the closet for you to just throw your stuff into. And it's like, don't you want to create that on your own? I, I would, but that's me. And I understand there's a lot of comfort in having someone that cares about you. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. He has pursued me for a year. Love the pod, love the advice and the haas, so here I am. Over a year ago, I was on the apps meeting people and going on dates. I got tired of the apps and kind of ended it with all the guys a year ago and haven't dated since. This one guy I met on the app still reaches out every so often, swiping on my Insta stories or sending me a random text like, low-key miss you, or just wanted you to know you're beautiful. <laughs> it sounds so funny when you read it. It has been for over a year now. She has really put a lot of, the emailer has really put a lot of um, weight on the year. I will say this. I don't think it's I don't think he's been crossing off the days on the calendar as if he's you know <laughs> as if he's been okay 364 days of pursuing this woman I met on an app like I don't know you you don't you don't write what dates you went on okay hold on I mean locate watching your insta stories that means it, watching your insta stories I don't understand people even asking that question what does it mean well it means he has the technology and the wherewithal to call you and he doesn't that's what it means he has a phone he knows how to use it he knows how to look at instagram stories that's more than your grandmother can say so that means he knows how to text you and say hey want to get together the next tuesday for drinks so it means nothing it means he likes looking at someone, and this is the problem. He likes looking at someone who he knows was attracted to him. That is a bigger deal than people want to make it. When you swipe on a dating app, she said she's met these people in the apps, got off the apps, ended it with all the guys in the apps. Okay, but all those guys know you like them just enough and like, and you thought they were attractive just enough to swipe right. That is ownership of a thought in your head. The la- she writes, uh, I just wanted to know you're beautiful and has been for over a year for a year now. The last date we went on was literally August 2020. Okay, he's a nice guy, but lives about 30 minutes south of Nashville, where I currently live. I broke it off last year because I wasn't really in the place to date. It was more of a wrong place, wrong time type of thing. He was moving south and was really into his career. I'm sure, okay, and I obviously wasn't that into him because it was not a priority for me to drive down to see him. 
Do I give this guy another chance since he's been reaching out uh, on and off for so long? To me, you're asking, he didn't ask you out. Low-key miss you, just wanted you to know you're beautiful, is keeping the ball in the air. It's like having a rally. So when you say, do I give this guy another chance? What chance? He hasn't said, let's go out. It feels nice to be pursued and have attention, but I don't know if, if I actually want to date him or if I just feel good about him texting me. He's not weird. He's kind and nice and considerate, but still lives far from me. My biggest fear is if I go on a date uh, with him a year later and it's still the same outcome, how do I break it off with him a second time? Listen. She writes, sincerely pursued and confused. Not once did you say that this person asked you out, so you're not being pursued. You're being flirted with. You write, it feels nice to be pursued and have attention. No, he's giving you attention, but in the easiest way possible. This is So here's the thing. You went out. You decide. He lives 30 minutes. Here's what I think he's doing. He lives 30 minutes away. He probably comes into Nashville every now and again. He messages you over, the, over DM every now and again just to be kind of there. I'm here. Just, uh, hey, still friendly, still cool. And at some point, because he could he could say 30 minutes away, who cares? He could drive into town, take you on a date. He hasn't. It doesn't, you haven't written that. What he's going to do, probably, is one day he'll be in Nashville because it's 30 minutes away and where else is he going to party? He's not going to go to Podunk. And he's going to go, hey, I'm in town. We should, all, we should hang out. I'm here with some friends. Are you out tonight? Or he's going to see you out on Instagram stories. He's going to go, I'm down the street. And because he's kept up for this long you, and he knows you're attracted to him, it's an easy ask. If you say no, that's because, uh, you know, just schedules didn't work out. Not because you're not attracted to him. That's the thing. This is the power of owning that thought. So you say, my biggest fear is going on a date with him a year later and it's still the same outcome. How do I break it off with him a second time? My biggest fear for you would be that this guy keeps in touch just to hook up that one time and then disappears to 30 minutes away and says, oh, it's just so busy, so work is crazy, and I'm far away. Both could be true, by the way. So we have to look at the yin and the yang of this thing. So it could be you go on the date again, he's pleasant, polite, nice, and you don't like him and you got to go, hey, uh, this isn't for me. That's okay. The other option is you guys go on the date, you have a great time, you hook up because you trust him after a year of him quote unquote pursuing you, which I would not call it pursuit, and then he disappears. And then there's a bunch of things in the middle you know, of that spectrum. So I can't tell you what to do, but I can give you a little bit of this, you know, of, of what I think is going on. But I would also say to you, again, he has had the ability all year to ask you out. And you've been kind to his, we, you know, low-key miss you or just want you to know you're beautiful. Those are easy to say over DM. Harder to say in person after you've made a plan. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Native Deodorant. Do you know the difference between an antiperspirant and a deodorant? Antiperspirants 
contain aluminum, which forms a plug in your sweat glands to stop you from sweating. Native deodorant does not contain aluminum or parabens or sulfates. It's vegan and never tested on animals. Native cares about what you put on your armpits, so that's why their deodorant's ingredients include things you've actually heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. Making the switch to an aluminum-free deodorant does not mean you have to sacrifice on performance. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. I can speak to that. I love native deodorant. I love the fact that they got flavors. And I call scents, but I call them flavors because it's just like they it's just so cool that you can change your vibe day to day with like a, just a little scent switch up. 10 cents, classics and rotating seasonals. You're guaranteed to find one that you love. Classic scents include coconut and vanilla, that's the most popular, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint. And I love a seasonal one. I love that they switch it up. Besides their classic deodorant, Native offers an unscented option and a baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. Trying to cut down on your plastic use, Native even has a deodorant made of 100% paperboard packaging. That's amazing. Don't just take my word for it. Check out the over 15,000 five-star reviews from happy customers who switch to Native. Okay, so I love it. You're going to love it. And we're going to give you some free money. You're going to love Native as much as I do. Right now, you can save 20% on your first purchase. Go to nativedeo.com slash JTrain or use promo code JTrain at checkout. That's nativedeo.com slash JTrain or use promo code JTrain at checkout to save 20% on your first purchase. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Brooke Linen. Ever wondered how you could just wear your comforter all day? Well, now you have a better option than prancing around like an invalid in a case. Invalid? What is that? Invalid? I think I said it wrong. Listen, you can wear Brooke Linen. The makers of the softest bedding in the world now offers loungewear. So, you know, you can look good while feeling good get that same ultra soft comfort you know and love now in an outfit you can wear every day yeah instead of you walking around with your blankie over you you can wear it on your body in the form of brooklyn and loungewear get that same ultra soft comfort you know and love now in an outfit you can wear every day from robes to tees, sweats and pants, Brooklyn and has you covered as we move into cooler weather. And the comfort doesn't stop at the plush fabrics. The loungewear has zero zippers, no zippers, so you can luxur- luxuriate in coziness all day. Bonus points. Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn and offers bundle deals on loungewear, so you can get more comfort for less money. And if you're looking for more ways to enhance your comfort, check out Brooklyn and's candles, eye masks, and accessories to properly celebrate your chill. There's a reason Brooklyn and has over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting. Brooklyn and was started to create beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. They've kept that same promise alive as they've extended into loungewear. People. I love what Brooklyn is doing as a company, just as a company. And it's not just in podcast land anymore. My mom asked about Brooklyn and she, she loves them. She has them. I have them. And their loungewear is going to be just as great as all the bedding that they've, they've kind of dressed me in. So go on, get comfortable, get it for less at Brooklyn. Go to brooklyn.com. Use promo code JTRAIN20. 
to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Enter promo code JTRAIN20 for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. One more time, brooklinen.com, promo code JTRAIN20, and chill out today. Podcast at gmail.com, Podcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying this, um, the dim the lights, hanging with Papa JT uh, version of this. We do this on on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Five bucks a month, three extra podcasts a week. And every Friday is one more email where it's a lot like this except shorter. It's like 20 minutes. How to get over a coworker crush. J Train. Just want to know the title. How how do I get over a crush on a coworker? I've only been at the job for two months. Okay, so let me just say this. It is easy to wonder about a coworker. Let's remember that. We I think that's something to keep in mind. Is that it's easy to talk to you at work because you got something to talk about. It's easy to be, you know. All of the conversationals happen under the guise of work. The difference between a bar and work is a bar, there's only one reason to go up and talk to you. I'm attracted to you. That's vulnerable. So all vulnerability is put aside at work. So when you say I've only been at the job for two months, right away I'm going, yeah, let's, let's, let's understand that one option on the many options of this is I have gotten emotionally into someone because... There's someone of the opposite sex that I can talk to easily. Keep that in mind. Did I get ahead of myself? I'm not saying you did. I'm just saying this is of the options. Have I gotten ahead of myself because of the ease of communication that comes with work? I've only been at the job for two months, so this is pretty new, but it is intensifying, and I find myself refraining from texting him on weekends. Yeah, okay. I de- it definitely isn't one-sided. He does everything he can to seem, uh, he can, it seems, to make side conversations during workday. And most Fridays when he walks past my desk, he'll tell everybody I'm going to blank tonight. Y'all should come. Then always looks at me as if he's waiting for my response. Listen, this can be okay. Yeah. Young guy wants to go out on weekends with young work people. Cool. Now, again, let's start thinking of the options. And let's remember what I just said. It's easy for him to, (laughs) that is the easiest way to meet new people. Hey, work people. Hey, the young people. He kind of like puts aside the old people. He's like, (laughs) I used to love, you know, at work, what are we doing this weekend? Then the old guy at work walks over. He's like, yeah, what are we doing? Um, Nothing with you, oldie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he goes up to all the young people and he goes, what are we doing this weekend? And now that is easy. Just remember the, the difficulty here. That's all I'm asking. Remember the difficulty. I go to a coffee shop every day here in New York. There's always cute girls there. If the The confidence it would take me to go up to these cute women and just go, what's the plan this weekend, ladies? They'd be like, what the fuck are you? At work, because you're under the, you know, you're under the, the the ceiling of, you know, biz tech incorporated. What's going on this weekend? He's just asking what's going on, just making conversation. So remember that. 
She writes, I know co-work uh, crushes aren't unusual or a big deal, but I honestly just wanted to stop, LOL. I love my job and I find myself thinking about him during the day or silly things like when he will come over and talk or look over to see what's what he's up to instead of worrying about my job. <laughs> well, I can't tell you how to feel. Do I just nip it in the bud and go out whenever he is... Uh, he he is. Do I nip it in the bud and go out one, whatever wherever he is one night and make a move? It's <laughs> a weird way to nip it in the bud, or see how I feel outside of work to get into a front, get in front of the situation. Or do I just keep trying to ignore the silly crush and hope it passes help? P.S. Should I I should add that my manager, same level as this guy, just, uh, just different team, has even joked and called him my uh, my boy to me. Uh, as if he's caught on that something is going on. So I'm definitely giving off a vibe, hoping my manager picks it up from the guy too. Uh, if it matters, he's 26 and he's been at the job for four years and I'm 24. I think it matters. I think you're both young and he's talking to the young people about going out. And I think what happened, if I'm you, here's here, he, I think you have to just remember all of the things I'm bringing up. That becoming a little a little um, attracted to someone at work is normal because they're just around. It's like something in the fridge. At some point, you're like, eh, yeah, I'd eat it. So remember that. I would remember that what a lot of people do in work scenarios is kind of what this guy's doing. This guy's going up to everybody. What are we doing this weekend? And talking about the weekend. And he's... Basically letting one of the fish swim to him. Why people do that in work scenarios is they don't want to be at fault for making a work thing happen. So when it gets awkward, if it ends, when it ends, it's not their fault. So yeah, that you'd say that sounds a little icky. I would say that's what happens in a lot of work things. Someone's just nice enough, flirts just nice enough, flirts just enough to get someone else to make the move. So now it's them making the move and then they can go, hey, 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 I don't know if we should do this because of work. Unless you want to, unless you want to keep it casual. So that's a very real option here, especially considering he's 26 or 24. So here's what I would do. I would go out with your friends outside of the work and say to him, hey, we're out and do kind of a group thing. Hang out in a group setting. If, and, and let him make a move. If he, you know, he's the manager, he can make the move. And, and keep, stay realistic. And if, he, and if he says we should, go, and don't take anything below a date. I think when you set that up, when you say I won't take anything below a date, it makes someone kind of more unattractive the longer they don't make the date. I think it helps it. I can't tell you how to stop having a crush on someone. I can say to you, let's stay realistic. Let's say to him, hey, get your group of friends together. Be like, we're going to be at this bar on Saturday doing a, a fun day hang. Make it a day hang so you're in the daylight hours. You and your friends should come. They will or they won't. And hang out with him during the day. And if he says we should do a, a drink sometime, great. Would love to. But that's the bar. Create the bar a little higher than the ground. And the more they don't hit that bar, the more you start to realize what they're all about. And I think that becomes wearing and kind of unattractive. And that might help. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at 
gmail.com. Help, urgent. I slept with my best guy friend. Let me get some Tobo. J Train. Longtime listener, first time writer. Thank you for the entertaining me in the car, on the train, and on long walks. You're the best. Now for my issue. I'm a 27-year-old female living in Boston. Don't worry, I've seen your Boston live shows. I'm coming back. Whole new set. Very few tickets available. Now for my issue. I'm 27-year-old living in Boston. Don't worry, I've seen all your Boston live shows. I have a tight-knit friend group from high school. This is very Boston, by the way. More than New York. You just... There's certain towns with very provincial things going on. Boston... Everyone's a high school friend. Everyone's from the town next to them. Everyone we oh we used to hang. I met him at a Saint Seb's dance back in high school. You know all that type of stuff. Catholic memorial dances. Those are the dances. I have a tight knit friend group from high school. Some of us have even been friends since middle school. At certain points in the past, I'm sure we've all had crushes on each other. But now that we're full blown adults, we've been as close as family. Welp. <laughs> Two weekends ago, I went out with some of them, and a few of us came back to my place after the bar to hang slash play drinking games. People slowly started leaving as the night went on, but one of my guy friends stayed. I guess we'll call him Tom. Let me. I haven't gotten to the end of this yet, but it's interesting that she writes. We're full. Uh, I'm sure we've all had crushes on each other now, but now we're all full blown adults. We've been as close as family. Well, that's not the truth you're not family and crushes can still happen at 27 that the age you are you spend enough time together these things are bound to happen especially at 27 so i understand a lot of this gets bogged down and like oh it's the friend and we we never thought of this before it's been thought of the idea that like it just dawned on this guy to stick around your party is crazy to me he's thought about you this way Okay. When it was just the two of us, I don't know what it was, probably the booze. Again, see, making excuses. Caught a vibe and made out for a while. Yeah, the, the, he, this guy, I don't, listen, maybe it just dawned on you, but it didn't just dawn on him. Then I said he had to leave and we couldn't tell any of our friends about this, assuming it was a one time fluke thing. Well, <laughs> every whelp. <laughs> so, okay, so he stays a little, he lingers around, caught a vibe, made out for a while then i said he had to leave and we couldn't tell any of our friends about this assuming it was a one-time thing fluke thing okay and then she writes whelp we'll see it wasn't last weekend we did the same thing on friday except tom slept over saturday we hung out with our friends all day and he slept over again we had sex in the morning soberly surprisingly it was actually not weird at all and really good yeah of course it wasn't weird you guys have a long-standing relationship you know each other you trust each other this makes sense that day we went to brunch with my other friends and parted ways that's kind of sexy and fun no they're, they're looking at each other across the brunch table they know no one else knows they can still smell each other's saliva on one each other <laughs> one another cut to now he's coming with me to do another dinner with other friends not our high school friends this thursday how the fuck do I navigate the situation? Do we need to have a talk? Do we just go with the flow? I thought it was going to be a one-time thing and we'd never speak of it again, but I think we might both like each other. Uh, if our friends found out, they would think it was beyond weird. Please help. I need your wisdom. Thanks for all you do. So 
I think you're so worried about everybody else that you're not considering yourself. Like, to me, there's someone out here listening going, I wish this was my story. And you can't avoid heartbreak. You can't avoid pain. You can't avoid awkward. It's going to get you. You got a guy here that you know. I'm not, and I don't want to convince you to like him, but you've had, it seems as though you've had some very nice times with him. You had sex in the morning, soberly, surprisingly, it wasn't weird at all. And, and really good, you write. Go to brunch with my other friends. Here's the problem with friends with benefits. And I'm not saying this is a, this is currently where you are currently hooking up. I think what happens is we get so caught up in these old labels. Labels can be tossed away. You guys aren't friends anymore. You guys are hooking up. You hooked up how many times? Four or five times? You are hooking up with Tom or whatever the fuck his name is. He slept over and you've had a good time hooking up. Let's, Let's own that. I'm hooking up with Tom and I'm having a great time doing it. I understand the weirdness of like, you're gonna get questions from the friends. How did this happen? Have you thought of, and it, and it kind of feels like, and again, just like I said, it didn't just dawn on you guys. How long have you liked Tom is what people are gonna ask you. And maybe for you, it was like, you know, I never thought of him that way. And then he stayed over and we made out. And then I started thinking about it. And now I'm thinking about it. And now the next weekend, you know, he's kind of pursuing me a little bit. And it's all sexy because it's in secret. You don't know. It's okay. to That can be an okay response. But let's live in the land of like, of positivity. You know, and it is, it's interesting because I'm thinking about it. It's like, she writes, you know. The, the friend group thinking it beyond weird. It's like, well, I could give a, I could give a rebuttal to that. Like if a friend came to you, it was like, it's, this is so weird. You can go, you know, it's weird to me too. Um, I never thought of him that way. And when we made out, I was like, this is actually fun. Uh, we, we get along really well. You know, there's a response that you could think about. Like, I, I think if we play these conversations out, it becomes so much easier and less daunting. But back to the original point, how the fuck do I navigate this situation? Do we have to have a talk? Do we just go with the flow? I thought it was going to be a one-time thing. We never speak of it again. But I think we might both like each other. That is the sentence I'm going to harp on. No. You can't speak for him. I'm sure he likes you. He liked you enough to linger around and make out with you and then do it again the next weekend and then hang out and have sober sex and then go for brunch. So... But that's not your problem. That's not your responsibility. How do you feel? You like him. When you write, but I think we might both like each other, that you're softening that so you don't have to you know, speak, for your, speak for yourself. I think you like him, which is okay. That's great. The problem with friends with benefits is that at a certain point, you, so, someone in the friends with benefits thing looks at and goes, well, we're friends and we like fucking. Why wouldn't we just be together? And then the other person has to admit, that's not what they want. So, and that hurts. You're not there yet, but I would steer you away from the friends with benefits thing and towards owning that you, you're enjoying yourself. That's all you really have to admit to. So would I have a talk with him? I would. I would say to him, hey, I would own that I'm having a great time. Do, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I would own that. And then shut up. 
<laughs> I'm not telling, I hope you take that the right way, but I'm saying let him talk. Hey, Tom, I just have to let you know. I never kind of, I, I, in, the re, in the last few weeks, this has been a surprise to me, but a pleasant one, and I'm enjoying myself. And then he's going to say, I am too. I never, you know, and, and then maybe I would even say, have you been thinking about this for a minute? What about that night made you stay an extra couple minutes? Because there has to be an explanation. And and I would even, you know, you could even say that you're, and you got to own your feelings. You know, when you stayed, I didn't think about it. And then we made out and it was like a fun time. And you, I'm thinking of you in a different way. I think those are conversations that need to have, happen because what it does is you don't want to let the friendship thing become the excuse. Like what people do a lot of times, they'll be like, I don't want to ruin the friend group. Fuck the friend group. You guys are going to be fine. What will happen, what will be, will be. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for the best. So in the friend group, they're all just worried about themselves. They don't give a fuck about you. And if this does end and you guys have known each other for so long, you know, everything will work itself out in in as best a way possible. And let me also remind you of something. Your friends at 27, a lot of them will be less of your friends at 37. So the idea that this friend group was going to just hold hands until the retirement home isn't true. Not going to happen. Okay. What I will say is own what you like. You seem to like them. Let them know I'm enjoying this. Uh, I just want to let you know that. And maybe you tell one friend in the group just to kind of soften that for you. Your best friend in the group. I got to tell you something. Tom and I made out. They'll be like, what? What happened? Well, we also fucked. Oh, my God. It was actually really fun. I had a good time. And that maybe will help it trickle through the group before it becomes this big, what? Ross and Rachel. Or Chandler and Monica. I don't know. That's a fun one. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Truff. Oh my God. I love Truff hot sauce. You know what I love? And I've been, and I've, I, I am their marketing department now. I've called it a dab of fab because I'm trying to get healthy and you want to switch up flavors. You know, when you're trying to be healthy, it can get monotonous. You get the, the same turkey sandwich, the same grilled chicken, the same egg whites. You know, it's all that stuff is the same, the same, the same. Putting a little dab of fab on it with some truff hot sauce is how I differentiate and feel good about what I'm eating. It's the first luxury hot sauce, and I bring it on the road. They have a travel size that I bring with me, and I keep it in my, you know, my my carry on. So I'm on the plane dabbing with Fab all flight long. A lot of people use Truff. Be uh, they know it for the people use Truff for the IG. It looks good, and it tastes even better. It does look good on the table. This is a this is a fantastic gift, and I'll tell you right now, they have a wide, wide product line. They have, they have the hot sauce, the hotter hot sauce, which is all delicious. Premium white truff hot sauce with the rare and decadent white truffle. Plus, this is where I'm kind of in the, in the truff game. Olive oil. The olive oil is fantastic. I make, pop, I make popcorn on the stove with it. It's really great. Mayo. You put that on a turkey sandwich, day changer. Pasta sauce. I have friends that are shaking me down for the pasta sauce. I'm not kidding. They're going, Jared, we know they sponsor. Please, you can't. They run out of it. 
It's been named one of Oprah's favorite things for two years in a row. That doesn't happen, people. And just for my listeners, they're giving you an amazing offer. 15% off site-wide. So get 15% off site-wide plus free shipping with promo code JTRAIN, JTRAIN, JTRAIN at truff.com. That's 15% off plus free shipping on everything. Just shop at truff.com. That's T-R-U-F-F. F is in fantastic. Dot com. Use promo code JTRAIN. JTRAIN podcast at gmail.com. JTRAIN podcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying these emails... I have to keep encouraging you. Patreon.com slash Jared Freed. We do this every Friday. This one's called, Well, Here Goes My Dating Dilemmas, a saga. It's very long. I'm really... Thank you for bringing the hamster on the wheel that lets me take a moment to put my brain on the shelf for a bit while writing a good laugh. I know you said to provide dating stuff here, here. so here we go. Over COVID law, okay, this is interesting. They've written four different dilemmas they have with dating. We'll go through them. I'm going to go through them a little quicker. They write, over COVID, I lost 100 plus pounds, so I'm getting more attention than I'm used to. I'll come back to that later. Let me just tell you. Losing 100 plus pounds, congratulations, good for you. That is something, you know, you don't just lose it by accident. Um, I'm happy for you. Um, That's also hard mentally, which, listen, my own body stuff I've always talked about on this podcast, it is hard mentally to lose 100 pounds because you're still, mentally you're still 100 pounds heavier and then you're getting attention from people and it's like, are they giving me attention because... Uh, because they like me as a person or because of my body. And it's a mind fuck. It just sucks. So dilemma one takes two to tango. They've titled. Let me start. uh, Let's start with a guy. I I, I don't know why. All right. Let's start with a guy I met on Bumble last year. Call him Tom. Everyone loves Tom. Uh, we went on a couple dates for, for months. We were hanging out every Thursday and on occasion Mondays as well for some football. Um, enjoy some drinks and relax it was great i got to meet his best friends early on but he knew i wanted something more meaningful and didn't act on it but uh, but would make future plans but stay stating the next relationship he went into wanted to be his last for reference he's 35 and i'm 29 but i read that as an excuse of him not giving me a chance and pretty much in not interested in me uh, aside from the physical after he got see this is what i'm talking about he did. You said he. I knew he. He knew I wanted something more meaningful and didn't act on it. At that point, you got to be out. And I understand what you're talking about. He not interested in me aside from the physical, and that's where it gets to this mind fuck territory. After he got to meet some of my friends, and I got to meet more of his friends, his friends made it pretty clear that I was looking for something. His friends made it pretty clear that I was looking for something more serious and that he was just not ready for that. I was crushed. However, I was intoxicated, so I started talking to one of his friends at the bar that day. We'll call him Sam. We ended up connecting on Snap. Come to Halloween 2020 when we attended a party together and Sam was there while drinks and devils devils led us... needs to another and I end up drink drunk texting my boss and other executives at the company I work for work at just so you know how out of it I was well at the end of the night I ended up leaving with Sam even though I had arrived at the party with Tom uh oh me not wanting to even imagine what happened that night I soon realized I had left my phone at this house party so I ended up texting Tom asking for the address of the party when he gave me a sassy response said if I should reach out to Sam since I left with him uh oh well 
Okay. Well, I ignored talking to Tom about that night as much as I could. He then texted me how how could I do this, and that even if we were not going to work out, why would he do that with one of his friends and so forth? I told him I, it takes two to tango. Yeah, I'd agree with it takes two to tango, but I also say when someone tells you what they are and it's below what you want, you got to go. I had counted my loss to what gives. You can't have uh, have your cake and eat it too, then, darling. I I get it. I Then he stated he still wanted to hang out and not even be friends with benefits. I liked his company, so I agreed. I could care less for the benefits. Weeks go by, and he wants the uh, benefits piece. Well, I didn't refuse because we genuinely were super compatible in, the, in that aspect. As weeks go by and his birthday comes, he ends up coming to my place uh, for dinner, relaxation, and some fun. December rolls around. At this point, I don't even want the benefits piece. I had, ju- ju- I had joined the dating scene again and was ready to move on to something new, so why? I email now well because he still messages me once okay thank this is the part we we messages me once a month to see if I want to get dinner sometimes or maybe catch a game and drink and on and on occasions I do when I don't don't respond and politely say no because I'm happily staying sober he replies with sassy remarks like all good though there were also conversations when he would say negative stuff about his friends and that what what they did for work which is a trade and they make good money. I appreciate the hustle of making honest money. This is guy barely graduated. Okay. Here's what I I would say. So my question is, is it time to block him? Here, here's the thing. You're getting caught up with all this big other story. Here's what you need to remember. You, I, I mean, he's going to keep up with you because he has some, you are someone that offers him some sort of crutch in the same way he offers you a little bit of a crutch emotionally. He knows that you're attracted to him, that you would, that you've hooked up with him in the past. I think it's time to get away from people that we get personally offended by. When you get the sassy response from him and it's not really servicing you, it's time to get out of it. It's time to leave it. They write more questions about calling people out, married men. I mean, you got to, to me, you can't expect to change people. And that's kind of the problem with dating is you, you go into something, you have a good time, you go, oh, this could be it. I want something serious. And then they let you know they can't, they don't want that, but they still want you a little bit. And it becomes a little bit, in, and you try to win them back. Let me show them. I can get them to the relationship. I can get them further along. And you can't do that. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Let's do this one. Rocket Scientists. Hi, Jared. I got to say, I love your podcast. I think your analogies are spot on. Well, I try. Let me try not to sound like a pretentious narcissist when I give my scenario. I'm getting my PhD in aerospace engineering at MIT. I, good for you. That's fucking awesome. Your PhD in aerospace engineering at MIT. I can't even believe you listen to my bullshit. And whenever I meet someone new, the reaction to hearing... (laughs) Knowing what I do is way over the top. I I guess I just did that. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's just, I mean, that's just so cool to me. Like, 
I understand why it's annoying. I, I should have done that. For example, when I would go out to bars or since I am newly in uh, I am newly in a relationship, whenever I meet my boyfriend's family and friends, the reaction I get is something like, oh my God, you're a rocket scientist or you're a genius. I mean, I just did it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm super passionate for what I do, but being in the field, it definitely feels like this is an unwarranted reaction. Well, we all feel like we're imposters. My friends who are other types of engineers don't get this reaction since it's not as flashy. Yeah, you have the Cadillac of engineering things. Aerospace engineering, MIT, PhD, you got all the letters. I, I mean, I'm not sure if this was supposed to be a luxury lounge, but uh, to me in relate, I mean, I can understand. I can understand why people do it because I just did it. And your friends don't get it. Oh, and I am in fact not a genius. So being called, but you're, but you're a hard work. I think it's I. Uh, so being called one left and right makes me become so awkward. They probably think I'm one of those stereotypical can't socialize prototypical geniuses. Interesting that you go that direction. I don't hear. Okay, it's interesting the direction we all go into and we all go to like the worst place in our mind. This person does that. Uh, It makes me become so awkward that they probably think I'm one of those stereotypical, can't socialize, prototypical geniuses. I I didn't think that way. But you're saying being called one left and right makes me become awkward so then they think, okay, I can understand where this insecurity comes from. I would love some one-liners or ideas of how to respond because currently a go-to is, yeah, it's not that hard which clearly puts me in the I'm better than you territory. Yeah, that's the wrong direction. <clears throat> yeah, it's not that hard implies, well, you could have been at, at MIT. And no, not everyone can. So it's like there's a classy way to admit to your privileges. There's also a classy way to admit to, yeah, it's pretty hard. It's pretty It's pretty wild. I have it. The only way I can relate, and even saying I can relate is insane, but when I say I'm a comedian, you get a million different responses, and some of them are very weird. Like, I, if I say I'm a comedian, you'll get a lot of times uh, the least... Some people take offense to it. It's almost like some people take I'm a comedian as me saying I'm hilarious. That's not the same. That's not the same. That's one is a job and one is an opinion on my uh, personality. So, but people take, so you can't, just like I can't tell you how to feel, you can't tell people what to hear when they when they hear certain words or what, what they, so I'm a comedian becomes, oh, you think you're funny? Or it's, or it's uh, tell us a joke. Or are you funny? So one thing I get, I'm a comedian. And someone will say, are you funny? Now, that is a very insulting thing. No, I'm just, no, I, 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 I live on the streets. I make no living and I'm bad at this. That's why I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm a delusional idiot is really, are you, that, are you funny is the same. Are you a delusional idiot? Someone says, someone says, are you funny? I go, nope. So, and and that usually gets a laugh. So, so when someone says, you're a genius, I would go, are you a genius? Are you a genius? I would go, yup. 
Smartest person alive. Like, you got to go so above it. Oh, my God, you're a rocket scientist? Yeah, I built the space. I, I, I built the, 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 the spaceship that went to Mars. You did? No, I'm in fucking school. I don't know. I, I think being positive about it. I understand why it's annoying. But you should be very proud of yourself. I think <laughs> I feel like you're your Jewish parent. You should be proud. You go to MIT. I, again, you're never going to avoid it. I think you got to be positive with it. I think you have to say, oh, that's way too nice. Um, you know, I'm a, oh my God, you're a rocket scientist. There's a way to play with that that's like, yeah, but, you know, only the Fisher Price ones. Um, you're a genius. I wish I was. Or, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the smartest person you've ever met. Like, there's a way to go with the current. Or you got to go so against the current. But when you say it's not that hard, that ain't going to work. You go to you go to MIT, aerospace. So, you, so you're a genius? I'm smarter than you. <laughs> that's, that's how I would say it. And some people get that joke and some people will not. But I, I think minimizing it is a lie. You know, that is, that's actually the advice. Because when someone says, are you funny? And I say no, I'm not lying. Like some nights I'm not funny. Are you funny? Not right now. That's what I say. Not right now. Because I'm not. That's honest. I think when you say it's not that hard, that's not honest to anybody. Maybe it's honest to you because you're a fucking genius. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com a dim the lights episode we'll do one more Ooh, this is a little long but it's kind of similar to another one we did shot my shot with my childhood bff and missed it's a good one and listen send in your emails jtrainpodcast at gmail.com uh, sign up for the patreon patreon.com slash jared freed if you're in the dc area i'm gonna be there this weekend jaredfreed.com for tickets uh boston's running out new york vegas austin uh, dallas new brunswick uh what did i say perrysburg ohio near toledo apparently but this will be our last one shot my shot with my childhood bff and missed Jared, love the show. I started listening after your guest appearance on the Girls Gotta Eat show in Miami. Thank you. You called uh, out my hookup list and said I should date a doctor. Well, I tried and it didn't work out. Here's the situation. Oh, I'm so sorry. So I went as a, I was in Miami and the Girls Gotta Eat, uh, Raina and Ashley were having a show. So I went as a guest. So they had people, I guess they, they, they were doing a bit where women have a list of the people they've hooked up with and some people have notes next to them. I didn't know this was the case. And so she read her list and the list was, and I remember she's, um, I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn. I think she was Indian and I was like, and there were a bunch of names on there that like, it just was like Connor, Chad. Um, and I said, these all sound like names that would disappoint your dad. <laughs> Go date a doctor. So then she tried, I've been my fan. I've been. And she was very nice and funny and it was a great moment. Um, I've been family friends with this guy since I was four. And we lived in the same city, Tampa. 
My family moved to Orlando, but our parents kept in touch, and we'd all get together every few months. We basically grew up together. We went. Uh, we then went to college. He went to our state school, and I went to college in D.C. He ended up becoming friends with all my hometown friends. Oh, that's funny. Um, and for four years, there were there was a running joke that this guy and I would eventually get together, but nothing ever came of it. We lived in different states, and we were in college dating other people, etc. Fast forward now, we both live in Miami. I'm in law school and he's in med school. This is the first time in years that we've been in the same city and actually hang out on a regular basis. I'll admit that I've had fleeting crushes on him, but nothing ever stuck. However, this summer we spent a lot of time together, mostly in groups, and a a real crush developed. Three weeks ago, we went to a mutual friend's wedding, and well, I realized that I had to say something and shoot my shot. Otherwise, I'd lose my chance and regret it. That brings us to today. We went out for coffee and lunch, before, and before he left, I told him how I felt. He was surprised and a little shocked. He told me he's liked me since middle school, but it was scared given our friendship and how he didn't want to ruin that. Apparently, he wanted to tell me many times, but just thought I wasn't interested. And to be fair, I wasn't always. At first, he gave me every, he gave every indication that he'd be interested while still hesitant, but then the conversation ended with him saying he recently started talking to someone and then, and then I left. That's, I'm sorry that happened. I mean... These are the trials and tribulations of shooting your shot. He then called me uh, an hour later to explain that he only recently started talking to this person, but that he still cares about me and wants to be there for me, but he'll but that he'll give me space. The worst part is this girl is in our friend group and we all hang out together frequently. See, now this makes sense. I know you're going to take this personally, but you have to understand when it's like the friend from four years old, okay? I'm proud of this person for shooting their shot. I'm proud of the, 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 the initiative you took. It's hard to be vulnerable. But when you shoot your shot with someone, there are consequences to that. You know, especially with the family stuff. You said since you were four years old and you went to them and, and there is no casual when it comes to this. Because you've met each other, you know each other. You're you're friendly enough to go get coffee, so it's like, to you know, hey, I like you. And then tomorrow it's okay. This is what we're, we're we're in it with this other person in your friend group. There's not that history, and I'm not trying to compare you to them, but I'm trying to let you know that it's not about you. It's about you know the situation, the reason he never got over that hump, and he said, and he's saying to you, I I, I appreciate his, his perspective. I liked you. I've thought about you all these years, but now I've started something with someone new in this friend group because honestly, that was an easier person for me to approach and have it maybe not work out. Approaching you and it not working out has so many consequences. And listen, some people go for it in that way, you know, and they're braver than this guy is or maybe I would be. But I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's about, I'm just, sorry, I got, I, uh, it's not about you is, is more my point. And it makes sense to me that he's like, I've already started something with, and it makes sense that he's like, this person's in the friend group. So I have to be so honest with you to let you know, like, Hey, this is really nice. And I'm sure it's embarrassing. You're sitting there. We, we hang out a lot and now I have to look at you and I have to see you with the person that I'm now measuring myself against, but it's not that I'm trying to, I hope this is making sense.
She writes, I know I should have a funeral for him and move on. It just feels weird that at the fir- at first he admitted that he want he was into me, but then less than an hour later he was ready to say that he wants to continue talking to this other girl, and that there was really nothing, uh, and there was nothing really for us there. I don't want to wait around for him. A part of me also feels like I'm losing my childhood friend, which sucks. Any thoughts? I've given a bunch of thoughts already. She writes, P.S., uh, I think it's worth mentioning that we get along great. We were raised very differently. His family is religious and pretty conservative, values-wise, not politics, LOL. He's uh, from a small town and wants to move back. I have a huge career aspirations and want to move back to D.C. soon. If things had worked out long-term, there definitely would be a lot of tough conversations, situations, compromises. It's probably good that we didn't end up together, but still hurts. And it just stings that he didn't give this more than hours worth of thought. I... Let me disagree with you there. He's given it hours of thought. He told you he did. He's given it years of thought, it sounds like. And again, his family's religious and conservative background is all part of that. Again, it goes back to what I said in the beginning, the mountain to climb, where he's like, this is a family friend I've known since four you know, there's a reason he said he hadn't made that leap in the past. Confidence, not sure, knowing the again, I'll use the word consequences of of getting into something with you because the families know each other and he's like he, he knows well, do I want to be with someone who's like my family, you know, religion-wise or do I want to be with them uh someone who's like my family conservative-wise and this makes sense to me. I know it's hard. I know you say I should have a funeral. It feels weird that he admitted. Yeah, it sucks. I, I think what you have to do is get some space. It's time to not hang out with him. You can hang out with people from the friend group, but I think give it a minute with him. And I think what you said in that last paragraph that you said, I have huge career aspirations and want to move back to D.C. soon you're going to find the right person. I think this will this will be a good thing for you in the long run, having gotten this out of your system. Because I think you're seeing that he's not the right guy for you, but that's okay. But I think it's less personal than maybe it feels right now because you know the other person that he's seeing and it feels like he's chosen them over you, but no, he's chosen a situation over the situation that he sees coming with you two. I would I would be very surprised. I'll end it with this. I'll be very surprised if this other person in the friend group is also someone they've known since four years old, that the parents know each other, that I would, uh, I would assume that this person in the friend group that he's hooking up with, that he's choosing, offers a lot of casual and slow were you know uh, a, a slower progression of a relationship than you two would have so move on time to go and also it's not that personal that's our episode i hope you guys enjoyed dim the lights episode i'll be back with a guest next week keep sending your emails jtrainpodcast at gmail.com i'm jared freed we'll be back next episode boom